0: Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Tywana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio.
1: Welcome. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Tywana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory sciences by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership coach at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Disc Certified Consultant, Tyndall Cards referral partner, and co-owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Radio Station. Before we bring on my special guest, I am excited to announce Direct Impact Broadcasting's new radio station affiliate, Envision Broadcasting, launching May 1st. Additionally, I am excited to announce the Trendy Elite eight-week Empowerment Tribe program that will also be launching in May. Stay tuned for more details about both of these endeavors. Thank you to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Little and Miss Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio TV Network LLP. And last and certainly not least, happy Medical Laboratory Professionals Week to all my fellow lab professionals for all the hard work and dedication to the healthcare team. Today's special guest and my fellow medical laboratory scientist colleague, Miss Tiffany Channer. Tiffany is a technical supervisor for One Blood Incorporated at Tampa General Hospital in Tampa, Florida. She honed her skill and knowledge of blood banking at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, MSKCC in New York, New York, where she completed her nine-year tenure as blood bank educational lead, medical technologist three, and safety officer. Ms. Channer's passion, dedication, and advocacy towards education and community outreach spans since her years of undergraduate at Stony Brook University. During her undergraduate studies, she was a STEP, C-STEP mentor where she educated students of neighboring urban areas of medical laboratory science. In 2007, her acts of leadership and advocacy awarded her four extinguished awards upon graduation. After which, she was granted a life-altering opportunity of being an American Society for Clinical Pathology, ASCP, President, Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, PEPFAR, Initiative Consultant, in Swaziland, Africa. At Swaziland, she taught proper phlebotomy and laboratory safety techniques to personnel in the medical industry. This experience compelled her to pursue a master's in public health with a concentration in health policy and management and a graduate certification in global health. Channer graduated from New York Medical College May 2013 and has used her knowledge of management to engage and inspire her staff. Upon return from Swaziland, Channer was employed by the prestigious prestigious Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. After being employed at MSKCC for four years, her commitment to patient care and community outreach was recognized. In 2011, she was awarded with the Medical Laboratory Sciences of the Year Award for the Transfusion Medicine Department. Her work shows testament to her devotion towards clinical laboratory science. She taught rotating clinical laboratory science students and doctoral fellows theory and technical facets of transfusion medicine. In accomplishing her duties as the blood bank education lead, Ms. Chandler strives for all students to understand the impact of laboratory medicine influences patient care. Channa recruits for the clinical laboratory science profession as the American Society for Clinical Pathology Chair Elect for the Council of Laboratory Professionals, Patient Champion Advisory Board Member, and Career Ambassador. She educates, educates, informs, and inspires students, seasoned scientists, and individuals within the STEM field of ASCP and its importance to the field. In Ms. Channer's spare time, she continues to support her passion for community service and laboratory science by conducting presentation at local high schools in the Tampa Bay, St. Peterburg area. Her service and dedication have awarded her with accolades she's most humbled to receive. At the 2012 ASCP annual meeting, she was awarded the ASCP Regional Member Award for the Northeast Region. In 2015, Ms. Channer was honored as one of ASCP's top five 40 under 40 future leaders of pathology and laboratory medicine. These honors were acknowledged by her alma mater, Stony Brook University, then a 2015 Stony Brook University Alumni Association. 40 under 40 nominee. In 2016, she awarded the Network Journal's 40 under 40 Achievement Award. Last but certainly not least, Emerge magazine, the spring 2019 edition, featured Channer alongside her fellow clinical laboratory sciences colleagues as outstanding woman in STEM. Channer expresses how this moment was monumental for her she is grateful for the opportunity and hopes to pass along the opportunity to other rising women in the future Ms. channer is extremely flattered for these distinctions but truly believes only through her formative education at stony brook university and new york medical college has allowed her to receive such recognition channer lives by a nelson mandela quote education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Her love of education permeates through her acts of service and hopes to inspire and encourage future scientists to enter a field unfamiliar to many. With that, hello, Tiffany. How are you doing this evening?
0: Hello, hello, Tawana. I'm going to have to pay you some money for that intro. Wow. I would give myself a job with that. Wow.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your program tonight. I am so honored. I am so happy and excited to have you here. Uh, And when people have those bios, you work for every single word on that page. So it was really my honor to read it all uh, to our listening audience. So I'm happy to have my well, thank you. I'm happy to have my fellow sister scientist here during Medical Laboratory Professionals Week, where we're going to talk a little bit about what we do uh, and your journey to leadership. So let's jump right into it. So can you tell the listeners about your path to laboratory science and how did you get to where you are today being a top 40 under 40 laboratory leader? So
0: what's so crazy is that my, my story is a little bit different, but kind of similar to many medical laboratory scientists that I've met. Um, it was by accident that I fell into this field. I was a biochemistry major at Stony Brook University, and my major, I wanted to be a biochemist making makeup for Mac. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come out with the new spring pop color, you know, the pink, the orange. I wanted to do that. And Stony Brook University had a program where it was affiliated with SA Lauder to do an internship. So I said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. And then, you know, of course, the lovely course of organic chemistry, you know, <laughs> you know that course. organic chemistry said, oh, yeah, we'll see how you're going to do this. So, you know, I studied real hard. I didn't party. I really studied for for the exam for my midterm. And I went to the midterm, and I swear it was German. I don't speak German. And I didn't understand what was on that test. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so distraught. And, you know, my parents, they're actually Jamaican. And I was like, what am I going to tell my Jamaican mother? What am I going to tell that I'm going to drop out of school and become a plumber because this is not going to work? I was just (laughs) destroyed. (laughs) I was just destroyed. And um, out of walking from the exam, God so have it that I'm walking through an academic fair on campus, and I don't even know it. And it was a professor from the program that saw, I guess she saw the disdain on my face. And was like, are you okay? And I said, no. And I started to bawl. And I told her I took my oral class, and I failed, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was like, oh, my gosh, what's your major? And I said, biochemistry. And she said, well, have you ever heard of clinical laboratory sciences? And I swear to you, in that moment, it's like the tears just dried up. And I was like, you know, you guys write me all the time. And I never pay attention. What do you got? And she went into everything about the field and all of the opportunities that's available to you. When you come straight out of school, you can have five jobs if you want. Everybody wants you, you know. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah. And, you know, they're clinical laboratory scientists that work for the NIH. They work for the CDC. And she said, CDC? And I was like, what? I want to do that. (laughs) So I went online. I went to my dorm, went online, and I researched and researched about the field. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. She told me about the informational session that they were having and how I should attend. And then, of course, she said, oh, by the way, that organic chemistry class, you got to pass it (laughs) because it's a prerequisite to get in the program. I said, I'm going to do my best. I'm I'm, going to pass it. So I went to the informational session, and they actually had us make a tour, and um, I saw students in the lab, and they were in their white lab coats, and they were streaking Petri dishes, and they just looked so professional, and I was like, that could be me. That could be me. (laughs) (laughs) So they, you know, and at the time they were looking at Giardia, and the – the organism actually moved under the microscope, and I saw it, and I, I was sold. I was done. I was done. Because I'm going to pass organic, and I'm going to get in the program. And once you set your mind to something, trust me, it will happen. So I got into the program, and um, I swear to you, my life just changed. It changed. Of course, being in the program is not easy. Everybody will tell you. You know, it's all sciences. They were two long years of my life, but I learned so much, and I'm very, very grateful for it. And um, after I graduated Stony Brook, I had the opportunity to go to Memorial Stone Kettering. But my journey to Memorial Stone Kettering is non-conventional, too. Um, as everyone knows, MSKCC is prestigious. You know, you say, oh, I worked at Memorial Sloan, and the looks on everybody's face is like, ooh, wow. Don't get me wrong. The place does deserve that prestige, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's like home for me. Um, but it was, during my, it was during my spring break. I was laying in my bed, and I was like, you know what, Tiffany, you're about to graduate in four months. All your fellow students. They're going to be a competition. You're sitting here in bed in your spring break. You don't have any money to go to Cancun. So what are you doing to set yourself up for four months? And I said, that's a good question, <laughs> right? So I said, you know what? I'm going to pound the pavement. So I went into, I went on my computer, had resume paper, printed out a resume, made of a resume, printed it out, put on some professional clothes. And I just went down to New York City and went to about three or four hospitals that day. And I was very bold. (laughs) I went to Memorial Sloan, and um, the security guard that saw me, he was like, uh, well, you know, I look professional, so he was like, ma'am, how can I help you? And I said, "Um, where's your laboratory? And he said, oh, upstairs, third floor. Okay, so I get to the third floor, and I can read, and... (laughs) On, you can see what office, who's in what office, and I saw Mrs. Barbara Riley. She was the transfusion medicine um, manager, and I said, okay, I guess that's 302. Okay, that's who I want. So I went to her office, and her um, secretary, her secretary's name is Sean. Sean was like, hi, how can I help you? And I said, I'm here to see Mrs. Riley. And she said, okay, is she expecting you? And I said, no, she's not. (laughs) She looked on her schedule. She don't see anything. She said, okay, have a seat. So I had a seat. She went to Barbara's office, and she said, "Uh, Barbara, I'm sorry, what's your name again? Tiffany Channer. She goes, "Uh, Tiffany Channer's is here to see you? Of course, Barbara's face is like, what? I don't know who that is. And she said, I don't know. She said, okay, give me five minutes. So gave her five minutes. She said, okay, Mrs. Riley, we'll see you. I went into the office. I shook her hand with confidence, and I said, Hi, Mrs. Riley, my name is Tiffany Channer. I go to Stony Brook University, and I will be graduating in four months, and I just want to know what Memorial Sloan can do for me. (laughs) She sat there, and she was like, wow, (laughs) right? She said, have a seat, have a seat. And we had such a great conversation. She went from salary to parking. She told me everything about the organization. And she said, you know, it's four months from now, and unfortunately at this point I do not have a position open, but you never know what can happen in four months. So she said, here's my card. Here is the recruiter's contact information. When four months come, you give them a call, and we'll see what happens. Such as So I did, and the recruiter was stunned. Um, come to find out, Mrs. Riley is not one to easily plead. <laughs> so she was stunned. Um, she was very impressed, and um, the first question she asked me, what was my GPA? And I said, oh, a 3.2, and she was like, okay, we can go on to the rest of questions. So that's why I usually tell students that just having your degree and, oh, you're going to be a clinical lab scientist as long as you pass your ACP, nobody's going to ask you your GPA, that is not true. That is not true. If, you know, my GPA wasn't a standard, she would not have gone on with the the interviews, so I do try to tell everyone, try to at least have a three, you know? Right. So Yeah, so after that, you know, I came in for an interview, and I got the job. But at that time, I told my, I told Barbara Riley, and I said, you know, I'm actually going to go to Africa for two weeks with ACP, And she was like,
1: oh, wow,
0: yeah, tell me how that is. You know, she was very supportive. And um, it's very important to have a mentor, and she, she was really that for me at that point. Um, but it started at Stony Brook with my mentor, Kathleen Finnegan. Um, through her, I mean, that's how I got the opportunity to go to Africa.
1: So, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. Mentors are that's- important. That What you shared is so powerful. I just have to recap just on that because uh, one of my uh, media mentors, uh, Miss Ashley Little, she's always saying, shoot your shot, shoot your shot. And that's exactly what you did. It was like, I'm getting Mm -hmm. ready to graduate. I'm going to go out here and find me a job. I'm going to go out Mm -hmm. here and knock on every door until they Mm -hmm. let me in. And that's kind of what my, uh, what Cedric LaFleur, he's a former med tech, he was on last week. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that he was saying, you know, you can either live life or you wait around and see what happens. And you just kind of went out there and, and, you know, and said, hey, here's my resume. I'm graduating in four months. What do you have? And if half the students, went out like that and were bold about getting a job or really uh, forward about trying to move their career, they would be a lot better off. I see a lot of students that come into to the job being a hiring manager mm-hmm. that don't even mm-hmm. know how, what skills they bring. So listening okay. audience is the, lab, the laboratory or otherwise, mm-hmm. just take mm-hmm. that in how Tiffany went out. And found that opportunity, and she made it happen. They didn't even have an opening, but they created an opening for her. So sometimes you have to bring your own seat to the table. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's
0: definitely. And you know what was crazy was in our in- well, it wasn't even an interview, it was just a conversation with Mrs. Riley. She said to me, "You know, she looked at me, she goes, "I'm going to be very frank with you." This went well. I'll never forget. He said, this went well, but this could have gone real left, (laughs) right? (laughs) And I said, I understand that. I understand that. And I appreciate you taking time out to have this conversation with me. Um, However, me staying at home in the Bronx just, you know, doing nothing, maybe studying, watching television, just wasting away, (laughs) I wouldn't have known. So I tell people, you won't know unless you try. Right. I said, and that's you know, what I said to her. I said, I wouldn't have known unless I tried. So if you told me no, okay, you told me no.
1: Such is life. But I can say that, you know what, I tried. Right. And if you don't try, the answer is always no. no. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, you, I mean I started at Stone and then I went from Tech 0 and that was funny. Tech 0. So, so many people say to me, "Tech 0, what is that?" So in other words, I passed the ASCP which is my certification, but I did not have my New York state license. Now, New York you have to be licensed in order to work. Not every state has that recommend has that has that requirement, but New York is one. So, I didn't have my license yet because it's waiting on paperwork, and you know how that can be. But I packed my ASCP. So they hired me as a tech zero, and I advanced all the way up to tech three, which is like assistant supervisor and in charge of education. And I love it. I loved it so much. Just to see like these new, brand new faces, they're so green. they're like, please, just let me pass. Just, Just let me pass. You know, I remember my second student of all time. She was so terrified when she started her blood bank rotation. And every student that I have, the first day I give you a quiz. Yes, people say, I'm mean. I know. I give you a quiz. But the reason I give you a quiz is so that I know where you are. So I got to, you know, so that I can know how deep I got to go. You understand? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an assessment. And poor thing, she got like five out of ten, and she was balling. She said, it's not my strong suit. But to me, it was a challenge. I said, no, 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 no. This is great, honey. We have a lot to build on. This is going to be so much fun, I promise you. Do you know today she's in, she's in an SBD program?
1: Today, and that for our listeners, yeah, yeah. So she She went. Oh, oh, the, oh, the SBB. Level. Oh, it means
0: yes. Advanced. Of, oh, I'm sorry. SBB stands for special specialist in blood banking. Yes. So that's like the advanced level. It's actually, it's comparable to actually a, obtaining a master's. It's a very difficult exam. The pass rate is like 42%. <laughs> yes. It's wow. very bad. Yes. And to see her go from 5 out of 10 to now in an SBB program is remarkable. You know, now she's wow. training other students. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. You know, all it takes is just that one mentor, someone to believe in you. And I try to inflict that on my staff. You know, life is bigger than just the bench. You know, I want you to go out there and achieve as much as you can. Build your network. That's what this is about, you know? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So for our listeners who are or don't know exactly what a medical laboratory scientist is or what we even do, can you mm-hmm. give the listeners some insight into our profession and kind of walk them through a day in your shoes, especially working in the blood bank or transfusion mm-hmm. medicine? Okay. So
0: many times, you know, I go, I'm a medical laboratory scientist. The eyes widen up, right? And they go, whoa, (laughs) what is that, (laughs) right? And I say, okay, when you go to the doctor and you get your blood drawn, they go, oh, you draw blood? I said, no, (laughs) that is a phlebotomist. And let me tell you, those are kind of the unsung heroes of this field. You hear me? Phlebotomists (laughs) out there, you are one of a kind because I could not do your job. <laughs> okay. That is, listen, you are the first person that sees a patient and gets the specimen, and I applaud you. I do. So, of course, I clear them up and I say, no, I'm not a phlebotomist. I'm the actual person that's in the laboratory that's actually do, doing all of your testing. They're like, what? I said, yes. Think about it. You ever say to yourself, you know, oh, your specimen is sent off to the lab. You know, what is that? What is that? Do people work there? Is it a a black box? Does the doctor do it? What happened? No, no. The doctor does not do any testing. (laughs) Okay? It's the clinical laboratory scientists that are in the lovely uh, laboratory that perform all the tests. And it's extensive studying that they had to go through. Like I said before, the prerequisite, in other words, I'm not in the program yet. I have to have organic chemistry. Alongside that, in the program, I completed not one microbiology class, but five. Yes, it's expensive. (laughs) I have to know the physiology from your head to your toe. Yes, I need to know it all, so that when I am performing these tests, it actually makes sense. The results, you know, I can correlate it. And the doctor can then go on and diagnose you. Without us, 70% of our results basically um, demonstrates the diagnosis for a patient. 70%. That's not 25. That's 70%. You know, it's so crazy. I actually saw somebody post online tonight, and there's a group chat on Facebook that we have, and it's called uh, medical laboratory scientist, ASCP. And there was a night, there was a night scientist that was working on a specimen, and come to find out, the patient has malaria. Now, this person is in Maine. Malaria is not endemic to the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, but she found <laughs> it, and the pathologist confirmed it. You know, in our world, that is so because it could have been easily missed by anyone, but she saw it, you know, so she should be commended for for, for finding that most definitely. And, of course, everybody in the group was just giving her praise, you know, and um, I, I love the camaraderie in, in that sense. You know, we save patients' lives. Without our results, basically the doctor is guessing. So we are influential to the medical industry, most definitely. Um, So in terms of one, a day in my life, well, I am the evening shift supervisor, so yes, usually at this time, I am at work. So my hours (laughs) are uh, between 3 and 11, and on some days they're um, 2 to 10.30. So I cover the evening and the night shifts, so both shifts are for me. Now, majority of people have heard of people who have cancer and they have leukemia or let's say sickle cell or thalassemia um, or people who are in traumas, let's say car accidents or one that I just had on Sunday, which I commended my team about, um, gunshot wounds, you know, things of that nature, they all come to the blood bank. Um, now, where I work is Tampa General Hospital. It is a 1016 bed, yes, institution. Wow. Yes, we are trauma level one. Yes. We have two helipads, okay? We are on an island, so we're also accessible via Coast Guard. Yes. <laughs> um, we do transplants, and when I say transplants, I mean liver lung, and heart, okay? And last but not least, we have a sickle cell clinic. And, of course, we do nothing but high-risk OBs, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, all that hard stuff, difficult, it comes to us. (laughs) Yes. Um, My team is dynamic, and they love what they do, and they work hard every single day, and I commend them for it. So, for instance, let's say Mon- Monday that just passed. Come in, and I say hello to everyone, see what's going on from the fish the shift before. Is there anything that I need to know? Um, and they let me know. After I go to the back and speak to all of the scientists, I come up to the front, and I speak to my lab assistant. That's another dynamic of the lab that – does not get much shine. The lovely lab assistants, they work very, very hard, especially when we have traumas. They're issuing all of that blood out, and I told you it's 1,016 bed, so it's always busy, you know? But they take Mm -hmm. their job in stride and with grace, which I appreciate. I go up there and I see what's going on. Is there anything I need to know? And then lastly, I speak to the day shift manager so that she can let me know anything and of course i was told about sunday sunday a 20 year old male came in with a gunshot wound to the abdomen and we had 18 rounds of an mtp so what does that mean mtp stands for massive transfusion protocol okay now we set up coolers because blood needs to be kept Blood and plasma needs to be kept at a certain temperature, usually 1 to 10 degrees. So we set up coolers for um, transportation. And in each cooler, there needs to be six units of blood, four units of plasma, and then one unit of platelet, which is not in the cooler because that needs to be kept outside um, at room temp. So there were 18 rounds of that. When we wow. counted up the amount, yes. And this is on a Sunday. We're not fully staffed on Sundays. And this is at night. I'm talking like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And my, I'm telling you, my team, they, we got so much praise, even up to today, from the hospital about how we handled it. And I commended them as soon as I came in, or as soon as they came in that night. So 18 rounds. So as soon as one goes out, they get the next one going. We don't stop until the doctor says stop. Yes. Wow. So, so, And as you know, everything needs to be checked, right? Everything Mm -hmm. needs to be perfect. There can't be any mistakes, any mistakes. So,
1: yeah. So that's like a day in life. (laughs) Wow.
0: So you were
1: you were under pressure and and again, you know, one mistake, especially in the blood bank, you know, it could be critical uh to somebody's life. Eighteen, that that's a a lot. Yes, that was the world yes world record I've ever seen.
0: Eighteen rounds. I mean, I clapped them. I was like, You guys are amazing. And it was just like, I mean, I think there were only four scientists that were on that shift. And like I said, we weren't fully staffed. It's a Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. But they made it happen. They made it happen.
1: So those are some of the things that, you know, people don't realize, you know, when they come Mm -hmm. to the hospital, especially during those traumas during those high risk ob and and yeah. mom you know needs blood they don't realize yeah. how tirelessly the lab is working and has fast and have to mm-hmm. keep that quality there to make sure that lives are saved because on a sunday Eighteen mm-hmm. rounds of, of blood products, and you got limited staffing. You know that tech oh. was tired, and all they could think about at the end of the day was saving this twenty year old. Yeah, uh, this twenty year old. So that that's yeah. pretty powerful. So, so those of you who yeah. know lab people realize that even though you don't see us, we are trying to make mm-hmm. sure we uh, keep you healthy uh, from the lab perspective and 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 save your life. So, Tiffany, leaders come from all walks of life. They have all different skills and different strengths. What skills and strengths do you possess that you think have been the most important on your laboratory and leadership journey? So, you know, when I
0: started my position at Tampa General, I said to myself, you know what, I always said that I was not going to be the predictable leader i was going to be totally different than my predecessors and that is not to say that my predecessors were bad (laughs) not at all i just thought i just think of management in a different light so upon me going into this position i made sure to have a one-on-one with every single staff member that i'm responsible for so they know my story and i know their story and after that, I also asked them some questions. I asked them, so what is truly getting on your nerves here? <laughs> what would you like to change? <laughs> that gives me insight as to what's really going on behind the scenes, right? That also mm-hmm. lets, lets them know that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much real and I'm going to try my best to make necessary changes. Of course, if I see more than one person is saying the same thing, correct? So I made sure to have that, and the last thing I asked them was, me as your supervisor, what are your expectations of me? So that let me know what's important to them, as well as they also see, oh, she really sees me as a person. You know, there are many times where You say, oh, you know, my management, I'm just a body. You know, they just want to cover the shifts. You know, I'm not really a person here. No. All my staff members will tell you, I am here to listen to you. Even if you want to cry, that's fine. Because apart from from working here and dedication and diligence every single day, you have life outside of work, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. they, they, they mix. Sometimes they mix. So if I come in and I see that you're really, really quiet or, you know, you have that sad look on your face, I'm going to take you in my office and say, hey, what's going on? You know? So to me, it's like being in tune with your staff members is very important. Communication. Communication. And, um, You know, I would just like to highlight a a colleague that actually I met on LinkedIn. (laughs) Her name is Crystal McMullen, and she basically gave me this lovely tool. One day we were just having a chat, and she was like, you know, Tiffany, every three months I have a one-on-one with all my staff. I said, that's genius. I don't think that when it becomes performance appraisal time, which it is right now, actually, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's the time I should tell you what you've been doing wrong all year. That's not fair.
1: That doesn't give
0: you a chance to improve. So if I touch base with you once every quarter, I can tell you about your attendance and your tardies, right, and how we need to work Mm -hmm. on that. Or if you're doing great at that, you know, commend you for that and, you know, continue to go on that path. And we can touch on where you're struggling and what I can do to help you, you know, succeed. So I'm telling you, your network is very important. And I told her the other day, I actually thanked her for that. She was like, really? I didn't even know I did that.
1: (laughs) So, You know, you can be so powerful. (laughs) Awesome. That, that is very wise. I, I do those check-ins as well because you really do get a feel of what your mm-hmm. uh, team is doing. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you no. care, and that's a yeah. fact. Yeah, I like that. Yes, I need to write that down. I like that. You mm-hmm. can just give me credit the first time, and then you mm-hmm. can use it as your own. going <laughs> <laughs> forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you share with the listeners about your experience serving as a global consultant with ASCP in Swaziland, Africa, teaching phlebotomy and lab safety techniques to the personnel? Oh, yes. That, that was life-changing. Um, got the opportunity,
0: like I said, with Kathleen Finnegan to go out to Swaziland, and it was 18 hours, yes, I was going to the other side of the world. It was July, and, of course, it was hot, sweltering hot in New York City. And when we got to Swaziland, it was their spring. So they were wearing um, hats and sweaters. For us, it was like 60 degrees. It was perfect. <laughs> you know, it was perfect. And they were complaining that it's cold, it's cold, it's winter. So that in its own was, like, totally different. But um, the experience i'm telling you it was by god again you know kathleen knew that i wanted to work for the cdc so there was this internship i think it still exists and it's called the emerging infectious disease and it's through the cdc and the american public health laboratories it's a training program for two years and i signed up for it and i got a an interview And they flew me out to Atlanta and put me in a hotel, and I touched the CDC land. You hear me? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did the interview, and I don't think I did bad on the interview, to be honest. I don't think I'm bad at interviewing, but I didn't get the position. When I tell you I was distraught, oh, I cried so bad. Of course, my mom was like, it's okay, it's okay. Maybe it's a good thing. Why? The one daughter that I have wants to go save the world. It's okay. Just stay here. <laughs> so, so. But I was distraught. And, you know, I told Kathleen, I was like, you know, I didn't get it. And I was crying, of course. And she goes, well, Tiff, you never know. When one door closes, another one opens. She always goes, actually, to Africa, to different countries, through the PEPFAR initiative with ASCP. And she said, well, Tiffany, maybe you can come to Africa with me. I said, what? Oh, my gosh, give me all the vaccines. I'm ready. Let's go. She said, hold on. <laughs> Let me call ACP and see if it's okay. So she called them, and they gave her the green light, and I went for all my vaccines. Now, this is all in a month. I'm interviewing for a job. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting all my vaccines and I'm studying for my ASCP certification all in one month. And then she said to me, Oh, yeah, by the way, Tiffany, um, when are you taking your ASCP? And I said, July 28, 2007. Right? And she said, Okay, great. Because we fly out the 29th. Did you hear me?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. What?
0: And then she goes, you know you got to pass, right? <laughs> I was like, Kathy, are you sure I can do it? And she was like, stop it. I believe in you. I would not put this pressure on you if I didn't believe in you. You're going to pass. That I know. And that was it. I kid you not. That you have to have someone who believes in you. And that's what she did. And I, I'm telling you, I call her my mother. Up to this day, I actually saw her last week in Miami at a leadership forum. And, you know, I mean, I love this woman so much. I owe her so much. So went down to Swaziland and I taught phlebotomy and um, laboratory techniques, safety. And, of course, as you know, I just said, you know, God bless the phlebotomist, right? So I wasn't a stellar student, okay? I wasn't a stellar student when it came on to phlebotomy but I knew the basics and at the time the reason that it was so pertinent for us to go out there was because in 2007 with a population of like 1 million Swaziland's HIV prevalence rate was about 26 percent and we're talking adult ages between 15 and 49 years of age That's high. So that's telling me that people who were in these seminars that we had, a lot of them were HIV positive. So then we did some research and found out that at that time they were like recapping needles. This is 2007, still recapping needles? And if anyone knows, that is such a no-no. You know, now if you get your blood drawn, as soon as they're done, they just throw it in the biohazard, right? There's no recapping, no needles, nothing like that. So luckily we were down there with BD, and BD, they were able to show them new vacutainers and new equipment that's out here that all you have to do is just hit the needle on a hard surface and then throw it in the the biohazard shaft container. And... It was like a new day. And through that, we also met with the Minister of Health, and policy was changed. So when I saw that, I said to myself, that's what I need to go get, my Master's in Public Health. Nothing changes without policy. Any laboratorian will tell you, what do we live by? Policy and procedures, okay? That's what we (laughs) live by okay is it in the SOP that's what we live by okay so nothing changes without policy changing so with one stroke strike of a pen I can change a community that's powerful so um that's what led me to do it but um my experience I'm telling you so at the time you know I was younger and a lot of students that were in the class, they looked at me and I'll never forget one gentleman. He came up to me, he goes, My sister, I'm so happy that you're here with us. Oh my gosh, my sister, you're so young, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, Yes. So, you know, my sister, you'd be great for our king. I said, What? <laughs> right. <laughs> at the time. And even now, it's it it they have a monarchy, so they have kings and queens in this country. I kid you not. I said, you're king. Yes, you would make wife number 13. I said, what? <laughs> he said, but you have one problem. I said, what's my problem? He said, your neck is too short. I said, what? <laughs> yes, he likes women with long necks. So you'll see women in the villages with rings around their necks to Lengthen their neck. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. But, um, yes, it was like a culture shock, but it was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I remember we went and toured the hospital, and I actually saw someone in real life with elephantitis. Can you imagine? So the way a person gets this is through a mosquito bite, but the mosquito is actually infected with that was infected by a parasitic worm. And then that is then transferred to the person. So it's like the person has a leg that is four to five times bigger than their normal size leg. It looks like serious swelling. And I remember the individual, the patient outside the hospital, and I looked at Kathleen, and Kathleen looked at me, like wow, wow. So you know, I tell people, listen, the things that you complain about here in the United States of America, they are minuscule. <laughs> you hear me? Minuscule. You know, are we perfect here in the U.S.? No, we're not. However, I've been outside the country, and I'm telling you, we have it pretty good. We do. We have a lot to be
1: we we have a lot to be thankful for that is awesome uh being able to go over to africa and and be able to change the lives of those scientists so that they can continue to fight uh is mm-hmm. pretty outstanding. So what's next for you, tiffany? What's next for you personally and professionally?
0: Well, you know, I was so blessed to be
1: engaged, yes. Woo-hoo. Congratulations! Yes, put
0: a ring on it, yes. December 1st, I got engaged, you know, and I'm so so happy. So, we're moving on with that. And you know, I like to have children, so personally, you know, that's what we're striving for, but professionally. I've been in the field almost 12 years, and I need to get my specialist in blood making, that certification that I spoke about earlier. So Mm -hmm. that's the other thing that I need to get to. (laughs) I need to get that under my belt. And, um, I mean, I'd love to be a director or a manager of a lab one day, and I'm putting it
1: out there in the atmosphere that it's going to happen. They say write the vision, make it plain. So if you put it That's out into right. the atmosphere and, and do the work, it will happen for you. You are you are a go getter, so I'm I'm sure you know that uh, that, uh-uh. that you will uh-uh. <laughs> that you will, will get there. So Tiffany, how can our listeners stay connected with you and support you in your efforts? Well, I am on
0: Facebook. You can just Look at me, search my name, Tiffany Channer, and you can reach me that way. I'm also on LinkedIn, and you can find me there as well. And um, I'm always available. There are many people that have actually seen my picture, because my picture is actually on ASCP website. It's AACP.org, and um, my picture is under the Careers um, banner. And I've had many individuals actually reach out to me just because they saw my picture. (laughs) I'm so serious. (laughs) And um, I have blossomed a lot of friendships through that way. You know, I called. I I tell them, "Hey, I do better with a conversation on over the phone." Some. I had one individual ask me, "Oh, why did I go for my MPH?" And she is a tech herself, and what, what led me to do that? I said, hey, here's my number. I'm not going to do all this emailing. Here's my number. Let's have a conversation. And I was able to guide her. So, you know, I'm available. I am available for mentoring. I, like I said before, a mentor is essential to progress, essential. So I tell people who want to excel, you have to have mentors.
1: Have to. Well, that is awesome, Tiffany. Of course, we could talk all day and, you know, I could (laughs) listen to you all all day and and you are very true to that. You definitely do uh, mentoring. Uh, You are definitely uh, good with connecting uh, one professional to the next professional uh, and you are definitely an advocate and a champion for uh, ASCP, which is powerful, Uh, And so I thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to give me the opportunity to interview you tonight. It was definitely an honor and a pleasure to have you as a guest, to have my fellow sister scientist on the line with me this evening. So many blessings and continued success to you and your journey in both your personal and professional endeavors.
0: Thank you so much, Tawana. Thank you so, so much. And as you know, we will be doing some more of this.
1: This this
0: is just the beginning.
1: This is just the beginning. You are very right. So thank you. So I want to thank you, the listening audience, for tuning in to tonight's show with our special guest, Ms. Tiffany Channer, where she shared with us that life is so much bigger than working on the bench. And that can be used as a metaphor for a lot of things. Uh, But from the lab perspective, there's more to what we do than working on the bench, Take time to know your team uh, and for them to know you. So as, as leaders, as good leaders, it's very important for us to know our teams. It's very important for us to be accessible. Uh, and mentorship is important. Having a mentor is essential uh, to your life, to your progress. So a mentor is critical. Have someone who believes in you. Sometimes when you don't believe in yourself, You need to have that person who's a champion for you, who's rooting for you, who's exposing you to things that you didn't even know was possible. And last but not least, nothing changes without policy, and that's not limited to the lab. You have to think about that in context of the world. Policy changes things. So if you are interested in being a guest on this show, starting your own radio show, or low-cost advertising highlighting your business or events, please email us at Broadcasting at TrendyEliteLLC.com. And please tune in next week to hear from another amazing leader. Until then, my friends, have a good evening.
0: Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.